You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler a Silver Fox advisor and your host for the weekly business hour. Thank you for joining us today. I think we've got a pretty good show put together for you and I hope you'll enjoy it. We're going to kind of cover a waterfront, if you will, of a lot of uh, ideas and some business stories we're going to share with you. And I have a couple tips for you. So uh, buckle up and get ready. And before I get started, I want to mention a couple things. First of all, I want to thank our show sponsor, AllegraHR.com. That's A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R humanresources.com. These are the folks that you need to check out when you have questions about your employees, your human resources, whether you're hiring, uh, developing, or terminating your relationship with people. It's good to have an HR advisor, and these folks are on the internet. They can work with you. Uh, Lisa McElroy over there is the principal. Uh, They actually have offices all around the world, but they work with small, medium, and large-sized businesses. So don't be afraid to take a look at that website. I always encourage people. And if you know me, you listen to the show, or you're one of our friends at One Best Consult, you know, I always encourage people to seek out advice, particularly when it gets into professional areas. And definitely human resources is an area that you need a professional on your side. So don't forget Allegra, A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R.com. And the second thing is to remind you again, that we are up and running at one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. We offer what I like to call common sense experience. That's based on my life's experience in working in small business for over 40 years at multiple businesses. We started, we bought, we built, and later sold these businesses. So I encourage you, check us out at onebestconsult.com. That's the number one, bestconsult.com. Well, let's talk about today's show, get a little more specific. Uh, Our special guest in the studio today, our business owner guest is Roger Quartz. Uh, Roger is the owner of Rekey Express. I think he's got a very interesting business story, uh, a lot of interesting things, hopefully that will encourage you and inspire you to build a better business for yourself. And also joining us later in the show in what I call our community corner, uh, we have Rita Wiltz, uh, the executive director of Children's Books on Wheels, one of the real movers and shakers here in Montgomery County in the nonprofit area and going to talk about connecting your business with the nonprofit world and some of the great programs she has coming up where you, if you're a business owner here in Montgomery County, can connect and give back to your community. And I'll close out my show today with my one best consult tip of the week. First question when hiring, where do I find the right people? Big question and important question. Hard to find those right people sometime. So I encourage you, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about business right here on the weekly business hour. And a quick reminder that if you have a question, during the show, or a comment about the show, or even after the show, and and something about your own business, say you've got an issue, and you want me to take a look at it, I'll be glad to do that. I'd love to get these emails. So please email me at rick at irlonestar.com. That's rick, R-I-C-K, at irlonestar.com. Love to hear from you. Love your comments. Love to take a, a, a look at your issue and give you a quick observation, at least my point of view on that. So communicate with us at rickirlonestar.com. You know, if you think about opportunities are all around us, they're right in front of us. Sometimes we don't see them. Sometimes we see them and we're fearful of of taking them on. But I encourage you, grab them. Grab your opportunities and make something out of them. The weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and businesses throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve their business, and to hear from some of our own local business leaders on how they have found success right here in Montgomery County. And remember that we have a podcast and a, of the show that's available, typically pub- published on Wednesday after our show today on Monday. You can find it at a variety of locations, including YouTube. We have our own channel there, the Weekly Business Hour, or go to Facebook. And I would encourage you, if you're there at Facebook, look up the Weekly Business Hour and like us. And at the same time, you can same time you can set up an alert. So when we post the show, you get a little bit of an alert on your phone or on your computer, and you can take a look at the show, look at the guests, look at the topics. If something appeals to you, 
then you can click on it and listen to it right there, right then and now. So don't forget, our podcast of the show, Wednesday, it'll be published. You heard something, you want to listen to it again or whatever, or pass it on to a friend or family member or business associate, please do so. Well, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of the weekly business hour. And that's when we talk to business owners right from Montgomery County, right where we are. And our guest today, as I mentioned earlier, is Roger Quartz. He's the owner of Rekey Express. Good morning, Roger. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here, Rick. Well, you've got a great business story, and I am so anxious, as hopefully you can tell that, to share your story. Uh, let's start in the beginning. Talk about your business career and what brought you to Rekey Express. We started uh, back in 2011, and um, we uh, it was just me. I got a security license from the DPS. We uh, This is a regulated industry. Uh, within a year, I had hired uh, a, an old employee from another business I had. He went through training with me. And uh, after that first year, uh, we were both pretty busy in the field. So um, uh, mainly what we were doing was residential and commercial locksmithing work, physical security. And... Um, during that time, I wanted to expand into automotive locksmithing, uh, but it's a completely different undertaking. And this year, actually, we're going to do that April 2nd. So just, what, two weeks away, we'll have our automotive locksmithing uh, service. Uh, the gentleman that's going to run that for me, his name is Bill McCoy. He's very experienced. I'm moving him down from Chicago, Illinois. So we're, we're ready to get out there and, and do physical security for automobiles as well. Well, it sounds like, I mean, when you move an employee down from a, a dis destination like Chicago, you're really serious about it. And you mentioned that you had other businesses that led you to this. Give us a little bit of history, if you don't mind. Well, um, I, I'm, it depends on how far you want to go back. Uh, when I got out of high school, uh, I went to work for the Dow Chemical Corporation uh, I was a plant operator. We made polyethylene plastic. That's the plastic that's uh, used for milk jugs and Ziploc bags, things of that nature. My first foray into business after that was I started a pressure washing business, and we offered a lot of different services. We did uh, grease exhaust maintenance for restaurants. We did fleet washing. Sold that company in 96, I, th I think it was. And uh, got into a completely different uh, endeavor at that time. That This was at the beginning of the dot-com uh, era. We started a, a company called senseoff.com where we uh, gathered grocery coupons from all over the United States, inventoried those onto a website called senseoff.com, and sold memberships, and people could buy a membership and then pay a small fulfillment fee and get $50 worth of grocery coupons of their choice online, then we would ship those to them. I had that business until 2002, uh, sold that company and uh, got into um, uh, carpet cleaning. And, and we started a company called Z-Best Carpet Cleaning. I sold that company to a local business called Color Interiors, and I think they have since sold it. I still see the, the trucks running around. And uh, took a few years uh, and did some trading, uh, mainly soft commodities and currencies. I still trade, uh, but our locksmithing business came on a couple of years at, later, and uh, we, you know, here we are. Uh, the locksmithing business started... Uh, from a personal need, I met a locksmith uh, that I had over at my home, started talking to him about the, the business, and I got interested in it and wanted to get back out to where I could meet people face-to-face. -face. That was something that I missed after just sitting at my screens all day long, every day, uh, trading. So um, we're certainly back out now. We're, we're dealing with, uh, I think that we probably take on about an average of 16 projects a day, uh, and then... Uh, as of April 2nd, that should change to about 21 projects a day between five employees. So we, we stay very busy. You know, obviously, you're what people like to call a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, share with us, if you can, what motivates you to be in business for yourself? Well, I have always, my dad uh, worked for the Southwestern Bell uh, Telephone Corporation 
And growing up, um, I, I always wanted to follow in his footsteps if, if I would have been able to. I had uh, people, uh, friends, that their dads had their own business and they were stepping into their dad's business. And I always wished that for myself. Um, my dad was a wonderful provider and my parents were wonderful people. But I always thought that the guy who was killing what he ate every day as far as going out there and procuring the customer, you know, uh, as well as actually procuring the supplies and doing the work, I just had a great admiration for that because literally that guy wakes up at first with nothing. I mean, he, he literally creates something from nothing. And I've just always admired that. And I thought, that's what I want to be. I want to be that guy that can just pull something out of thin air. And I liked it so much. I've done it several times <laughs> to well, the chagrin of my wife. You know, <laughs> you know. I, again, I, I sort of did the same thing uh, with five businesses. And growing, I grew up in a family business. So that prepared me really well to see what it was about. Plus, my grandfather was an entrepreneur, if, if there ever was one, and had done a bunch of different things in, in his life. So, you know to be prepared to do it. But, you know, it's interesting. People get into business for themselves for different reasons. And obviously you you felt a passion to be in, in business yourself, motivated that. We've just got about a minute left in this segment. What encouragement would you give to someone who was thinking about being in their own business? What, what one piece of advice would you tell them before they made that decision? I would say to uh, get a mentor, uh, my father-in-law was my mentor before I even had designs on his daughter. I knew him uh, better than than my wife back then. So a mentor, somebody that's already been there, done that, um, no substitute for it. I stand on the shoulders of my mentors. Well, I agree with you 100%, not just because I do it now, but it made a huge difference in my business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take this first break. I hope you'll stay with us because we've got a lot of story left with Roger to talk about the locksmithing business, an industry that's undergoing a lot of change with technology. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR Advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR Advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schistler, your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Well, we're in the second segment of our show, and we're having, I think, a wonderful conversation here with Roger Quartz. Roger is the owner of Rekey Express. He shared with us his business background. This man's a serial entrepreneur, if I've ever visited with one, and has that great passion to start a business. Roger, you mentioned in our last segment that uh, the locksmithing business is a regulated business. State of Texas, through the Department of Public Safety, uh, actually licenses people, tests, follows up. You go through a big background check all these kind of things. Talk about a little bit about why that's important for people to understand. Um, around my neck, and I know this is radio, but I, I keep my locksmith license on me. By law, we have to have this on us when we perform work. It's called a pocket card. The security industry is regulated by the 1702 Occupations Code in our state. 
And unfortunately, there are a huge number of illegal operators in our industry. So one of the ways that the public can know when they call a locksmith to perform any service for them, unlocking their door or something like that, uh, is to ask straight up for the pocket card. We are required by law to show that upon request of a consumer. And if your locksmith does not have a pocket card, it's because they could not get one. And in order to get one, they have to be FBI background check. So if they're telling you they left it at the shop, they're lying. And uh, so you need to make sure that that, uh, that person is operating in good faith and that pocket card shows them that, that they are. Um, the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety is the agency that uh, regulates us, and they do do uh, audits. Uh, they audit us and they test us, and uh, we are required to take eight hours of continuing education each year to uh, keep our license. You know, that's something that's important, too. It's, uh, to regulate an industry can be a pain for people, but in this case, when you're giving someone access, business, home, uh, someone's dealing with your keys, it's obviously very, very important that these people have been vetted as much as possible. Background check, you have to take a test. There's all kinds of things that you go through to to make that happen. Let's talk about that. You're in a regulated industry, but from our conversation, I understand that industry, at least those who are doing it by the book, are is shrinking. Talk about that and what changes are going on in the locksmithing industry. Well, there's there are many things that are starting to disrupt the technology of the physical cut key. Uh, we're using those less and less, and it's a good thing. Uh, for the consumer. It makes our lives easier. We're not uh, used to, if you want, if you handed somebody a key to your home uh, and uh, then you didn't want them to have that key later on for some reason, you would have to rekey your locks. But today we can uh, install devices on our doors that whereby we give someone an access credential, like a code that they punch in and if we don't want them to have access anymore, we can simply change that code without ever interacting with that person again. So it's real nice. So we, we're not cutting as many keys as we used to. Still do cut quite a few on commercial buildings and so forth. But uh, so that's one of the disruptors that's coming along. Uh, if you notice on your vehicles now, we're going to more of a proximity type of credential that too is coming to your residence as time goes on. So once again, we're cutting fewer and fewer keys. So uh, there are many, many with the, the uh, AI, the artificial intelligence and that type of thing. There are many things uh, coming along that are going to disrupt this technology. And I think uh, employ fewer and fewer people in our industry as time goes on. But the ones who are left are going to have to be highly trained. Well, and you make a great point because technology is disrupting uh, almost every industry to some extent, uh, whether it's in the back office with the accounting of things, the billing, invoicing, uh, whatever it might be. And, you know, one of the major challenges for small business just in general is staying up with technology. Uh, we did a whole series uh, last month about that uh, in, in our One Best Consult business, trying to offer tips and advice to people to understand your technology inventory, take take control of it, and make sure you don't get left behind because you can get left behind really quick in a matter of months. Uh, your competitors have passed you by uh, and you're left holding the bag, so to speak, of your business with nobody to deal with, nobody to sell to. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you, you've, you've expanding or expanding your business April 2nd into the automotive. Is, is this a result of being on top of technology and then realizing, hey, the, there are going to be some winners There'll be a few of us left, but we're going to be real winners. To tell you the truth, it's a result of the market. It's just, it, bottom line is, is that we are turning those calls away. We've got a good reputation in what we do, and our customers have asked us, can you also provide this service to the tune of six to eight phone calls a day? So you start doing the math on that and you realize there's just an untapped market there for us. And we have a lot of customers that have used us in their property management business and their real estate business uh, and so forth. So that's that's why we're doing this. 
Uh, it's just that it is capital intensive to get into that part of the business. That industry changes monthly. Mm. Uh, it is unreal how fast that that industry changes. And for that reason, there's never a locksmith that can do everything. So um, anyway, we that's just bottom line is it's the market has asked us to be there. And so we want to be there. We want to be where the action is. And right now it seems to be in the automotive end. Right. That's, that's really interesting in the, in the trend analysis. You mentioned the cost of technology or expensive. I assume that was the cost or is technology. Uh, what does it cost in general to be in the locksmithing business today? Capital cost just to set up. It depends on where you're going with it. If you want to be a full-service locksmith that uh, deals with residential, commercial, uh, if you're going to sell safes, deal with safes, move safes and saw, stall safes and be in the automotive end, uh, $120,000 to get started if you're going to be a full-service locksmith. Right. Uh, if you want to just start in any one of those sectors, um, residential, you can get started $10,000 and, and, you know, that wouldn't include your service vehicle. So, okay, $25,000, uh, and you would be up and running. But remember, you have to work for somebody for two years before you can get your, before you can get invited to take a manager's test to get your, your right. license. And that's another thing. These folks that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that are in these industries like this, it, $150,000 is, is quite a sum. It's not a low-entry business capital-wise. At the same time, though, you've got two years of, quote-unquote, internship training, whatever, just to, to qualify to take the state-required test to have your own security business in this area. Well, we've got a change. You've got a market changing. You've got technology changing. Uh, what does the future hold for, for Reiki Express? We still have not uh, touched the safe uh, market yet. Uh, in Montgomery County, you have two companies that are good, they have good safe technicians. Uh, and we refer any of those calls to them, but we don't get those calls. We get probably a dozen calls a year to do safe work. So um, we're going to train our existing staff that's already doing residential commercial to do uh, the American and Japanese cars. And then later we're going to get into more European and we're a little weak on European cars because we're just getting involved with this. And um, we'll, we'll keep on. We're just going to grow uh, as uh, fast as, as my energy will allow. That's probably the, that's probably the most important thing. And I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So uh, I see us at uh, 15 employees within the next four years. So nothing huge, but uh, I think that that would be a good place to be. Well, besides the challenge of technology and the industry shifting, what are some of the other challenges you face on a day-to-day -day business, on a day-to-day -day basis, excuse me, as a small business owner? Uh, so any service business today, day-to-day, it is getting your name out there. There's just, that is the most competitive part of being in any service business. Used to, it was put a, a, a huge ad in the yellow pages. Those and then you would forget about it. Those days are over in our industry. Today, we have to remain um, in the conversation. We uh, when your search engines want to know that you are actively in the business and you do that by posting content that is critical to your industry and to the services that you provide and you need to be doing that on a regular basis you don't want your information going dormant to where it's just sitting there and it's static you'll you'll get buried on the search engines so a brand is extremely important nowadays doing good work for clients and and having them refer you is wonderful but Today, to get that new client, you've got to have a brand. And so we're trying to build a brand. So building brand, that can tend to be kind of expensive, and you have to be patient, right? To do you're it not right. going to do it overnight. Yeah, and yeah. it takes time. Yes, a sir. lot of time. That's very interesting. 
Well, let me ask you, you we've got a couple minutes left here uh, before the end of the show. In fact, just less than a minute. Um, You market your business, uh, you brand, you've got referrals. How do you outwardly market? I mean, do you use any advertising? What do you, where do you put it out? I mean, you've got a wonderful business card. I will tell people that because you gave me your card in the shape of a key, more or less. Uh, Easy to remember. What else do you do market-wise? So uh, we have a website. You can't not have a website nowadays. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, I show uh, people how to do some basic uh, projects on their own, a do-it-yourself do uh, at home at our YouTube channel. Um, we have, uh, of course, we have business cards that all of our guys uh, give out there. Uh, anytime that I'm invited to do a talk anywhere, I do that. Uh, I'm also a member of a great association called the Greater Houston Locksmith Association, so I'm affiliated with them. I encourage if you're in any industry out there, you probably have an association you can be affiliated with. So those would be the very basic things as far as getting the word out. Networking groups are good. I'm kind of past those. I don't have the time I used to have because our phone is ringing, uh, but they're wonderful, especially if you're starting off. And in some industries, they're wonderful to continue to do as well. Well, Roger, I, I Appreciate the information you've given us today. I appreciate you sharing this wonderful story. Serial entrepreneur, locksmithing business, technically challenged, but adjusting and growing right in the face of it. If folks want to reach out to you and talk to you about your business, perhaps use your services, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Three ways, uh, rekeyexpress.com. My email address is locksmith911 at live, L-I-V-E dot com. Or you can just simply call us at 832 727-9391. Well, thanks again, Roger. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to our bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to have Rita Wiltz, Executive Director of Children's Books on Wheels, join us and talk about the community connection that every small business needs. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Well, thank you for joining us. We're in the second half hour of our show today, and we're in the community corner for this part of the show, and we have a special guest with us. Rita Welts, Executive Director of Children's Books on Wheels. Rita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you found some time. You know, Rita, you're one of the most active individuals in the community, uh, profit or nonprofit that I know, and I deeply appreciate you taking some time to talk to us today. Let's start off and talk about what your organization's mission is. You do a lot of different things. We do, and we're happy to provide those services uh, Children Books on Wheels is a nonprofit mobile literacy organization. Uh, we promote literacy by providing books to children, to their families, uh, to promote reading. We also make sure that they have access to books in more than one language, uh, learning materials, community resources, referral services, and the three components. We have a health literacy, an educational literacy, and a financial literacy piece, and we cover all the areas of Montgomery County. You know, what I really appreciate about what you do and some other great organizations in our community is you offer 
I'll call it support for our young people. Uh, they have access to education through the schools in the school districts, but you provide some fine, fine support education that helps round out these young people. Yes, we do. Uh, we love to do that. Uh, the other thing that we're doing right now in the schools is we're going into Coffin. We'll be going to the Coffin next week, and we do a story time inside of CISD where we bring in books. They have the books in the library, but we bring the books in for the children. We donate the books to them. And then also this summer, we were at Hauser uh, Elementary, and we were reading and doing story time and summertime with the kids, telling the parents how to get the kids to read, you know, the secrets to getting kids to read. And it's all based on an individual basis. But at the end of the day, all children want to read. A lot of times it's just that they don't know how to read. You know, and that's one of the important things. I know when I was growing up, my my parents, particularly my mother, really supported us to read. And I became an avid reader. I was blessed to catch on to that because your overall education, your ability to be part of the world and what's going on, if you have knowledge and you gain it through books, it's fantastic. Yes, it is. Uh, Dr. Stockton and I were talking years and years and years ago about the initiative. Uh, unfortunately, he's leaving us to go somewhere else. But uh, one of the things we had talked about was reading for a better life. And reading for a better life includes not only the support of reading at school, but what you can get from at home. Uh, a lot of grandparents right now are raising their grandkids. So all of a sudden, you know, you have the children and you're trying to get them to read. And it's based on what you did to your children. Well, today, it's all these other things that are going on, all these bells and whistles. So how do you get a child to read and sit down with a book? Uh, so that they can learn. And it's important to know also that children go places with books. You know, they may never leave Montgomery County. They may never leave Tamina. They may never leave Splendora. They may never leave Magnolia. But with the book, they can go places. So books take you places in your mind. Yeah, that's wonderful to take those trips. It does. It opens your mind up. You're, you're getting me nostalgic. I'm thinking about when I was a young person back in elementary school. Let's talk about volunteers. I mean, you run a lot of different programs based on the core of the, of the books and children and reading. Uh, how do you get so many people to help you? I love what they bring to the table. I think the key to volunteering is that when someone comes in to volunteer, have something for them to do. Uh, when a volunteer shows up and you've already organized everything, then there's nothing for them to do. Uh, I think also that having a volunteer committee helps a lot. That way you can kind of let them delegate within themselves. You'll say, okay, these are the things that needs to be done. And then they'll let them pick the chore that they want to do. Don't always just tell them what you want to do. Uh, we have volunteers that come in and there are volunteers that Miss Carol, she's been with us from the beginning and she reads with the kids. She's there for Wednesdays. Wednesdays is the Seed to Read after school literacy program. And Ms. Carol comes in and read. Then we have certain volunteers that work with the Susan G. Coma Foundation and Breast Cancer Awareness. We have volunteers that all they want to do is taxes. Okay, we have volunteers that come in and all they want to do is uh, work on special projects. We have the team that come in that does the Houston Money Week. We have the other team, a lot of the youngster uh, kids that we have working with us. Well, I would say youngsters, I would say maybe 19, 20 in that age area. And what they do is we do HIV testing and education. And with that component, they have access to uh, the latest innovations as far as, first of all, it's abstinence first. But then we talk about the different diseases with HIV, AIDS. Uh, we have the committee that works on uh, diabetes. We have the committee that go into the underscores location where women are in hiding. We just have all the different areas. We have volunteers that the only time they come in is once a year when we do the special needs Easter egg hunt, and that's their thing. And they want to get the eggs together and do that. We have the volunteer, Mr. Mike McMiller from uh, Goodwill. He comes in and help. We have the Wood Forest teams that come in with our financial literacy and assets. So we do just a little bit of everything in all areas, and we kind of let the volunteers pick their spot. And that usually gives us returning volunteers every year. Well, you've got a lot of opportunity, obviously, a lot of choices for people to make. Teach me something, and, and I'm a very big advocate of businesses, small businesses, big business, whatever, of connecting in their community with the nonprofits. Uh, and I assume, like you mentioned, Wood Forest Bank, they volunteer as an organization, as a business. They have groups of people, employees who work, and they get together. 
Why is it so important in your opinion, because you're kind of on the other side for these businesses to get involved in a nonprofit such as yours? It helps the business itself. If you're in a community and economically you're making money from, you know, the resources and the money that you get from the people in the community, you need to give back. And you can donate as a team. You can come in and volunteer as a team. You can have a team of, uh, let's say, for instance, the Exxon employees come in. The Exxon employees come in, and what they would like to do is they do the gift book wrapping that we do during the holidays. Uh, We have the team that come in from Wood Forest. Banking is their specialty. So they'll come in and they'll talk about banking. They also have worked with us at the YMCA, the one out in Conroe with the senior citizens. We talk about fraud. Uh, I think that they should donate and volunteer back as far as their children. If your children see that you're volunteers, then they'll be volunteers. I volunteer a lot because my mom was a volunteer. My great-great-grandmother was a volunteer. And then when businesses get involved with us, they find out exactly what you do. And then they want to stay with you. You know, um, working with uh, Judge Conley and Judge Mack, there are students that need to do community service hours. So we have the judicial system that's supporting Children's Books on Wheels because the children are coming into volunteering, but at the same time, then the judges know that, okay, they'll be with Children's Books on Wheels. And then we have organizations like uh, HEB. Uh, HEB comes in. They help us with uh, the special needs event. The important thing, I think, about economically from a standpoint of a business and why they want to get involved with uh, nonprofits in the community, basically, is to show that you care. To show that you care, to show that you want to give back, to show that you want to invest in your community. You want to keep that nonprofit in your community because all the services that the nonprofits provide, all the different nonprofits have all these different services they provide they help, they help the community be safer. A lot of them help people that are homeless. We're part of the Red Cross recovery team. So when businesses donate to nonprofits uh, from an economic standpoint, it just keeps the wheels spinning. It's And it's one, one of the reasons why we're called Children Books on Wheels. We have the nonprofit with the profit, for profit, and they come in and they help us and we help everybody else. It's a win-win situation for Montgomery County. Well, you give an excellent description of how it works, particularly in your organization. I know you have some new programs coming up, and uh, please share with us. Again, you have a lot of different programs that work around the children's books on wheels, but what is some of the new programs or particularly a new program you have coming up in May? Well, in May, uh, we have the rest of the tax season. So Children's Books on Wheels, we provide tax services through April, but we also have the extension through the IRS so that we provide taxes through October. So in May, we'll see a lot of people that are coming in saying, I don't have all my paperwork. My home was damaged during Hurricane Harvey. Can you still help me with that? Uh, we go into the summer phase of working with the kids so that they read every summer. Schools usually was out in May. Now it's June. So we want the children to come in to read on Wednesdays for the after school program. And the uh, Easter egg hunt is coming up. Uh, that's a service that we have. One of the things that we have right now that we're excited about is our uh, new garden. Uh, we have a garden that we're coming into harvest right now. Uh, my main focus is to make sure that the kids know that potato chips aren't vegetables. You do know that, right? You do. You're <laughs> laughing at me like, no, potato <laughs> chips are vegetables. Potato chips aren't vegetables so that they have access to see how the groundwork of a garden uh, actually planting, harvesting, using a till, what it takes to have a garden, what it takes to have a healthy, better way of life. And under our health literacy component, that with the diabetes training and all, this summer that we'll be doing, the Faith and Diabetes Initiative that we had is with the city of Houston and also with the state of Texas. And with the Faith and Health Diabetes, it talks about health and diabetes from a standpoint of being in a church. And not based on really the scriptures, but the whole thought thinking of a better life, a better way of thinking. So with that in the garden, and we're hoping you'll come out and help us harvest and eat some of those fresh tomatoes. And we have a kitchen at Children's Books of Will. So not only will we harvest our vegetables, we will also cook our vegetables right there at Children's Books on Wheels. And getting dirty in the garden is a fun thing for the kids to do. Yeah, they throw around a little dirt, 
but that's okay. You just you just you just watch for a lot of time they'll say dirt's coming, you know. But uh, a garden is coming up for Children Books on Wheels. Uh, my mom passed last year, and we are going to commit that garden to the Tamna community. And it's going to be called the Della Henry Community Garden because that's one of the things she always did. So we just want to have the love with the children in the garden this summer. And we'll pull up carrots. We'll do onions. Texas AgriLife is coming out. And we're just going to have a little fun this summer with that. Well, I think all your events are fun, even doing taxes. Like you mentioned, it's tax season and they're working on those things. Rita, if people want to reach out to you and, and volunteer or find out more information about what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is to contact us. Uh, a lot of the clients that we have decided that they would rather talk to a person than an automated service. Uh, our number is 281-844-7596. Again, it's 281-844-7596. Uh, we answer all the calls. Uh, the email address is rw2619 at msn.com. Our information is at the Conroe Library, which is one of the sites where we're doing taxes. We're inside of Fruitylandia. We're inside of the Wood Forest Bank on 242, the Wood Forest Bank on Research, providing free tax services. We're out in East County at the Mission Northeast. We're out at the Society of Samaritans out in Magnolia. We're out in Montgomery at the Crisis uh, at the uh, Code of Many Colors. And we're at the Crisis Assistance Center. Uh, at the Crisis Assistance Center, we're there on Tuesdays. Uh, making sure that families have access to our services. We're kind of like the C. We're the, we're the big collaborators. Uh, we collaborate most of the organizations in Montgomery County. We collaborate with the Hispanic Chamber, with the Conroe Chamber, with the Woodlands Chamber. We're all over. We're very diverse because Montgomery County is diverse. If you're not being diverse, then you're living in a box. Well, there's no doubt about it. Rita, I can't thank you enough. Again, you're a very, very busy individual. And you are. You're everywhere collaborating and making it happen for all of us here in Montgomery County. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our final break for the day. And when we come back, I'm going to offer you my tip of the week. First question when hiring, where do I find the right people? That's a big question. So stay with us, and I'll offer you a tip on that. resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. This is the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schistler, your host, a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of One Best Consult. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. We're in our final segment, and this is where I try to offer you a tip or two, hopefully that you can use in your business, in fact, today, if possible. And our topic today is first question when hiring, where do I find the right people? And this is really meant to those who have not hired the first person yet in their business. They're still solo, but they're at some point going to do it. And it doesn't matter whether you've hired 99 people. Always keeping track of what I call the labor pool. Where are the right people to be found? And that's a shifting kind of answer because it really depends on where things are in your community, where unemployment is, and so on and so forth. But my main advice to you, and I'll repeat it at the end, is put out 
the word. Get it out to every potential resource. This is a big deal in your business. I have seen small business people that treat this more as an irritation. Well, Joe quit. I got to go hire somebody. Or, yeah, we've got business and I need to go hire somebody. I really think that's driven primarily by fear. Uh, people fear uh, the prospect of hiring someone, uh, whether it's a fear of the government intrusion and we all the different rules that the local and state and national governments hire have over hiring, uh, or it's the fact that, well, I don't think there are any good people out there. Where do I go find them? Then I got to bring them in. Then I got to train them and they're going to make mistakes. You know, it's almost like we dread the moment to bring somebody into our business. Obviously, it's important, but I sense that you need to flip that around and say, gosh, I'm going to find the right person. They're going to come into my business. They're going to take the place of Bill or they're going to help me expand and they're going to make a huge difference in my business because I am going to find the right person. We're going to get the right fit and they're going to catch on to the training and they are going to be an ace and they're going to stay here for 20 years and really make a difference in my business. That's my main encouragement. Go in with a positive attitude and be prepared for what you're doing. Let's get down to the four or five things I think you have to do when you go out into the marketplace and look for people. First of all, think about it, uh, the whole process to me, it's kind of like looking for food. Where do you go to get food? Well, most of us go to a grocery store. Well, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, when they look for new employees, sort of avoid. They don't want to go to the grocery store. Now, no, I'm not saying go to the, the fresh uh, vegetables and fruit section to look for employees. What I'm saying is, go to the store. In this case, the store would be employment agencies. Don't take them off the list. Employment staffing agencies, a lot of small businesses make that mistake. They don't want to pay the fee, but at least go to these agencies and look for one perhaps in your community and build a little rapport with them. I know it takes a little time, but it's like any other relationship, customers, vendors, employees. It takes time to get a good relationship. And then when you have a job, it's simple. Typically today, you just email and you post it. And they may have the right person come across their threshold or enter into their system that you wouldn't have seen. And a lot of this depends on what job. They're particularly strong in administrative. Some areas, though, they're strong in factory positions and manufacturing. Uh, but don't take that off your list because, again, we're looking for somebody that's going to work long and hard and strong and be a real contributor to our business and really essentially make a huge difference in your business. Again, whether you're hiring your first one or you already have 99 people working for you. So think about it a little different. Don't be afraid to post your job there. Second place I look is the internet. Obviously, the internet allows us to communicate with a lot of people in a lot of different places. You have particular employment sites like monster.com, hire.com. There's a lot of these sites. Find the one that works or the two or three that work for your business. Look at the fees, how it works, so on and so forth. Find the one that makes sense to you and your business, or it may be two or three. Again, get the word out. Post your job. Don't be afraid of paying a fee because, again, they may turn out to be the best resource, save you a lot of time, and put the right person in your business. And third area, and I think this is one where we probably most rely, is we, we tell our friends, we tell our associates, referrals. But first, before you take that step, be sure you go into your own business if, in fact, you already have employees and offer them the opportunity to refer people to you. I've had many, many business owners over the years, and it has been my experience that some of the best people come from referrals within the business, that people know people, whether it's a family member or just a friend, and they know people, and when they refer, they typically want that person to work out. So they, they're careful in most cases about referring. You can offer a fee or a bonus to this kind of program, but be sure you post the job, and this usually requires you to have a job description and the ability to post that, so to speak. And I'm not necessarily saying just nail it on the bulletin board with a thumbtack, but spread the word about it and tell them you're looking for another delivery driver or whatever position. You'll be amazed what can happen out of that. Then there are outside referrals, and that was what I touched on earlier. We all should be part of industry groups, Chamber of Commerces, all these potential industry-related groups, business-related groups can have or be a source of new employees, the Chamber of Commerce. Some of them have job boards, a place to place put a job. Some of them even have it up on their website. Uh, trade and industry groups, uh, and I think our, our business owner guest earlier today, Roger Quartz, mentioned that. Part of these industry groups, part of their job typically is to help people find employees, to connect their membership. 
be sure you get your job information out to those groups. Again, there's typically no charge for that too, so it's a great place to put it up. State unemployment agencies, those can be good, all the way from good to bad. I understand that. It varies by the state. It varies by your locale, but it doesn't hurt to post your job there. You've got a good job description. I make that assumption. You need to put it out there where people can see it, and that's one of the places is the unemployment office. Now, granted, you may not find a lot of people. Again, it depends upon position. If you're looking for someone to do janitorial work, entry-level work, potentially it can be a good source. Now, you're hiring a new executive, a new CFO, a new accountant, maybe not as good. But again, with today, with the internet and the ability to get it out, it doesn't take a lot of work. My encouragement, build yourself a checklist. Have a checklist and a process in place. The first thing. Be sure, secondly, you do have a job description. Be sure that you have it ready to post, ready to communicate. Carry it in your wallet. Talk about it if you're a small business. Because the key, right, we're trying to hire the very, very best person. It's not another warm body with a pulse. Huge mistake made by many businesses. Second thing, get the word out. Communicate to all these resources we talked about. Cast as wide a net as you can. And when you look at it, if you have it down, Pat, and you have this process in place, that doesn't take a lot of time. And many times you can delegate that to someone, particularly in the administrative part of your business, to do. And then third, be prepared to field the inquiries. Be sure you have that process in place. So when the inquiries come in, they can be analyzed, reviewed, so that you, the owner of the business, can talk to the right person. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank AllegraHR.com for being our show sponsor. And remember, you too can sponsor the Weekly Business Hour. You just need to contact me at Rick at IRLoneStar.com. I'll shoot you some details. It's a very simple process, and we would love to have your support for our show. Don't forget our podcast, posted on Wednesday throughout the social media world, YouTube, Facebook, and other places. And look for us on TV in the Houston area on Channel 21. Thank you for joining us and to stay in touch with what's happening here in Montgomery County. Stay right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged with what makes sense to your business. Thanks. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV in Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.